You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. This interview is a part of the How She Creates Good series. In these interviews, I get to shine a light on women who are using art and their creativity to empower others, advocate for social justice, and bring healing to our beautiful world. This series serves to educate, bring attention to amazing organizations, and inspire you to use your creativity for good. Guess what, you guys? It's finally here. It's live and it's real. Radiant Art Retreats is officially open for registration. You guys, I've been talking to you about it for so long. All these weeks now, we've been planning and sharing sneak peeks. And it's finally here and it's real and it's so beautiful and it's just perfect. It's just uh, the creative experience beyond my wildest imagination. I don't know, something really corny and ridiculous. But you guys, it's real and it's live and you might be like, wait a minute, I thought we were supposed to get first dibs. And you are, don't worry. Currently, Radiant Art Retreats is open for past retreat guests, and they have already started signing up. And then on July 25th, my newsletter list is going to get access to um, the spots next. And then the next week, the wider public at large is going to get access. So if you want to be on that list, if you want to be in the know, if you want one of those spots, you need to be on my email list. So you still have this week to sign up to get first dibs at those remaining spots. Just go to lauren-likes.com newsletter and sign up and you'll get all the details in that early bird registration um, sent right to you. So now if you don't know what Radiant Art Retreats is, These are the creative retreats for adventurers, crafters, and storytellers that I run. This next one is going to be in Florala, Alabama, just an hour above Destin in the panhandle there, um, October 16th through 20th, and we're going to be at the Lake House at Camellia Palms, and it is the most beautiful, idyllic um, southern uh, plantation home that has been renovated and but preserved and oh gosh it's so gorgeous and so it's going to be five days of workshops there are going to be tons of workshops on um, abstract painting landscape painting painting the galaxies there's going to be a weaving workshop a photography workshop painting on location um, creative movement every day we're going to have a yoga teacher there leading us in a creative yoga practice down by the lake. We're going to have a local chef there preparing all of our meals. We're going to go into town and explore. We're going to create artwork based on our experiences and the things we're learning and seeing. And oh, it's going to be so fun, you guys. And you're going to get to meet about 13 other amazing people are going to be there. And we're just going to sit around on the dock and on the patio overlooking the lake and we're going to chat about creativity and life and travel and exploring and being curious and laugh and we're going to just going to have so much fun you guys 
there's going to be downtime, there's going to be good food, uh, there's going to be friendship, there is, it's, it's just my dream, you guys, to be able to hang out with you at this beautiful location and make art and learn and stretch our bodies and our imaginations and our art skills. And there's just an amazing team of people who are going to be there with me, helping serve you and lead you and teach you and connect with you and laugh with you. And it's just so much good stuff going on. So I cannot say that enough. Again, registration is currently open to my past retreat guest and on July 25th I will open it up to my email newsletter list to you so you can hop on that and sign up at lauren-likes.com slash newsletter and then if there are any spots left they'll be open to the public so I hope to see you there and if you have any questions absolutely let me know there is going to be all the information online on my site um after the 25th, so about a week after the 25th, it'll come out to the public. So go ahead and hop in there on that email list so that you know and you're able to join us for a Radiant Art Retreat experience. Now we are going to go ahead and move into today's episode. This episode is kind of a game changer for me and for a lot of women in the world, and I am thrilled to have you meet the two ladies that I'm talking to today. Um, Brandy is the founder of Beauty for Ashes, and she is going to come on, and we have the most fun and the most encouraging and enlightening conversation. And Brandy challenges us to sponsor a village in Uganda at the end of the episode. Now, the village that she originally tells us about in this episode is currently fully funded, fully sponsored. And so she has suggested a new village for the How She Creates community to sponsor and take care of. So that village is called Amaroto, A-M-O-R-O-T-O. And they currently only need 13 single sponsors or seven double sponsors. So these, these, this village needs double sponsors. It's a little bit more expensive there. Um, and so if you would like to sponsor and join in on the fun and join me in a, on a, on a, on a trip to Uganda in January, you can, all you have to do is sponsor a mama and she's going to explain everything to you. Um, but if you start listening and you're like, yes, I want in on this, you just go to beautyforashes.org. And when you go to sign up to sponsor, you just choose that Amaroto village and let them know, um, how she creates sent you and we are going to be in there taking care of those ladies and supporting them together so I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope that you're going to join me and fall in love with these amazing mamas as we learn more about them from Brandy and Britta today Welcome to another episode of How She Creates. I am over the moon excited for you to meet my two guests today. I have Britta and Brandy. Brandy is one of the founders of the Beauty for Ashes program, and Britta is an advocate for her program. And I am so in love with the work that they are doing. They are doing so much good in the world, and I am thrilled they are here to tell their stories today so that we can learn more about what's going on in Uganda and how we can be a part of that. And just, I just love watching women's stories of how they have gotten creative to help one another. So ladies, thank you so much for being here. 
Thanks for having us. We're so excited. Perfect. All right. We'll get the the timing on the talking down as we go. (laughs) (laughs) Will you guys introduce yourselves? Tell us who you are. Give us a little bit of background about you. Brandy, do you want to go first? Sure. I am Brandy Lee, and I'm a single mom of three, and I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I am the founder and executive director of Beauty for Ashes Worldwide. And our main program is Beauty for Ashes Uganda. So we get to love on and are privileged and humbled and amazed that we get to be a part of 1,200 single moms and widows, their lives and their joy and their resilience. And we get to learn from them. And so that's what I get to do really for my life. (laughs) I don't say it's for my job because, well, A, I don't really hardly get paid enough to call it a job. Um, And B, it feels like it's more just an outpouring of our souls than it is our work. And I've also gotten to meet the crazy coolest people around the world and usually via social media. Thank you, Facebook and Instagram, for giving me most of my best friends in all the world. And Britta Newman is one of them. (laughs) Thanks, Brandy. Britta, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, I'm Britta Newman. I live in Grand Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I have two kids. I am an accountant by day and an advocate for Beauty (laughs) Fresh's Uganda when I'm not doing that. Um, Or when you are doing that. Much or when I am doing that, yeah. Don't tell the boss that I might advocate while I'm actually working. <laughs> he wouldn't care, actually. He's a big supporter and happens to be my dad as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to be here and talk about Beauty for Ashes Uganda. When I introduce myself to anybody, I love to throw that in there. It's a big part of my life and all things that I love. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I didn't realize that you were an accountant, Britta. Um, I I just love talking to people who have um, – I don't want to call it a non-creative job, but a more traditional job <laughs> who are using creativity in their lives in a really amazing way. Yeah. Um, so I think you're just a perfect example of that. Uh, Brandy, will you tell us the story of how Beauty for Ashes came to exist? Sure. I usually tell people that it accidentally is my answer. I never planned on starting a nonprofit and sort of stumbled into this. Um, The truth is I have loved Africa since I was little. Like other little girls dream of white picket fences and castles and Prince Charming. And I dreamed of mud huts and thatched roofs and mango trees. Like I went to a church that had a lot of like missionaries speak. And so I had a very like national geographic idea of Africa, I think, um, especially in the beginning. And it just seemed wild and amazing and full of adventure. And I really wanted to know people around the world because I found it so fascinating. But I grew up and basically did nothing. I never went out of the country. Um, Grew up pretty white, middle class, conservative um, lifestyle and went away to college. 
and began to really have a passion for the inner city and throughout the U.S. and But still had never gone to Africa until I adopted my son in 2007. So I at the time, I had two biological babies, one and three, and decided it would be a really great idea to go to West Africa and get a two-year-old from a war-torn country um, from Liberia. And so I, when we first went, I remember stepping off the plane and realizing I was in Africa for the first time. And literally they opened the door and I can picture it so clearly right now, that first like gust of hot wind and thinking, I'm finally home. I am where I was created to be. And really on that trip in 2007, I just fell more in love with Africa and we were in Liberia and then I came home and was in the chaos of having a one-year-old, a two-year-old and a three-year-old all at the same time, which right is chaos. And, but I began to raise money for clean water projects. That was kind of my first really in with um, global poverty and with the needs around the world, I realized that it really made sense to me that you needed clean water to give to your babies. And so I had babies. And so I fundraised for clean water. I had one of those mommy blog back when blogging was super popular and uh, all these adoptive moms had blogs to kind of share our stories. And then a year later, I went to Uganda uh, with an organization that was doing work with orphan care. And I fell in love with the people of Uganda. I just, we went to the Tesso region and these people had been through so much and kind of my original heart was for Liberia. And the interestingest thing is that Liberia and Uganda, even though they're on two different sides of the continent, share a lot of similarities in that they both have been ravaged by civil war And a hallmark of both of those civil wars were child soldier movements. And especially, I think, for any person who hears the plight of uh, countries that are ravaged by civil war with child soldiers, like everybody's heart just is absolutely broken, whether you've seen Blood Diamond or Invisible Children or any of those movies. And the idea of people coming through villages and and stealing children and making them into soldiers uh, was just breaking my heart. And especially as a mama, I just couldn't even imagine that possibility. And then I come into this place and I see these women, these moms who have been through so much and yet carried such intense joy and resilience. And I just fell head over heels in love with them. And so I was ready to just give my life to the Mamas of Uganda. And that was in 2008. And two years later, after working um, with a orphan care organization for those two years, I faced really hard family situations. And I ended up leaving my marriage that was um, pretty full of some dysfunction and being a single mom and losing everything, honestly. And I just basically fell face first in the world. And I had lived a pretty privileged upbringing. And so I feel like it's the first time I came face to face with suffering 
like the kind of pain that takes your breath away, the kind that makes you think that things are too broken to ever be put back together again. And abandonment, I lost nearly um, every best friend I had ever had growing up. And that was my friend currently and was just found myself alone and broken and struggling with PTSD, just out the wazoo. Like I was just a hot mess. And I had three little ones, four, five, and six. And so at that time I stepped away from Uganda and honestly, I thought I would never do anything again. I had kind of seen the underbelly of some things and and I didn't, I was scared of the internet. Um, people were mean and they were sending me mean emails and I was alone and I just thought I was all done, honestly. And so I did healing work like it was my job. I mean, I had multiple therapists and I just dove into what will it mean to put life back together again? Because I know I can't parent my babies and I can't make a difference in this world for anyone um, right now that I was just too broken. And so I really, I dove really deep into my brokenness with my therapists and with God. And I became really honest with my own soul about the things that um, had broken inside of me and, and just did a lot of really sweet healing. And a year later, I get a call from my Ugandan friend, Anne, and she says, I want to start a nonprofit. And I was like, nope, (laughs) like, nope, sorry. God doesn't use me in that way anymore. I don't have a voice. I don't want to start a nonprofit. And she was like, well, okay, but do you want to hear about my program and this dream that I have for Ugandan women? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I'm a good friend still, even though I don't want to start a nonprofit. (laughs) And I had just actually finished reading the book, Half the Sky by Nicholas Kristof, which is phenomenal. And it's about the oppression of women worldwide. And he kind of tells you, here are the big things that we can do, like political things. And I ignore all of that, right? And, And then here's the grassroots things. Here's things that everyday people can do. And one of the things he talks about is women's cooperatives. And he says, if we gather women together, we can change the world. He said, particularly in the developing world and in places, uh, what we used to call the third world, and now we call the developing world. In the developing world, if you give a woman a dollar, 70 cents is going to be invested back into her family. So so if we gather these women together and we invest in them, they're going to change the world. And I was reading this book and was like, yeah, yeah, rah, 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 this sounds great. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but it does sound amazing. And then he talked about education and he talked about how a girl in sub-Saharan Africa had less than a 20% chance of attending secondary school. And so here are these women who can change their communities, but they're not getting the education. And I was just wrecked by this book and inspired by it. And so fast forward, Anne telling me, here, I have a plan. Here's my idea. And she says, well, the thing I want to do is I want to start women's cooperatives. And I was like, oh, well, uh, okay, so that really interests me. <laughs> so that, but I don't want to start a nonprofit, right? Like we are very clear about this. Uh, but what are you doing? And she said, I want to gather 30 women that are single moms or widows. And a single mom in Uganda is a woman who's never been married. 
And so they are considered the marginalized of the marginalized. They are treated, I would say, a lot like maybe teen moms are here in the States, where they're looked at like, how did you let that happen to you? What is going on? And so they're super marginalized. And she said, I just want to reach out to these women and I want to gather them so they can meet weekly to encourage and empower each other and to share their kind of me too stories so they know that others have been through things. And then I want to empower them and I want them to pool their own resources so they can change their own communities. And I was like, well, honestly, I think that's brilliant, Anne. Like that completely lines up with this brilliant book, Pulitzer Prize winning book I had just read. You should totally do that. She said, okay, well, I want to buy them cows. And I said, okay. Okay, why why do you want to buy them cows? Like that feels random. And she said, Well, so they can own an asset. It shows them that we believe in them. And I said, Okay, well, I don't want to start a nonprofit, real clear about that, but I want to invest in your cows. So I will send you all the money I have in my bank account, which at the time was a thousand dollars. I was super excited and I said, I'll buy five cows. And a friend of mine said, I want to buy two. So we sent the money for seven cows, and the next week Ann posts on Facebook, Cow Delivery Day in Angora Talk Village. And all of the mom was like, ay, 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 and they're like shouting and they're excited about their cows all over this one gift. And it just, I mean, it lit my heart on fire. It was so precious. And then she calls and she says, well, I need three more cows. And I said, well, I gave you all my money. <laughs> like, I legitimately gave you all of my money. And like, I don't have, I, I, there's no money. I don't know what to do. And she said, I know you're supposed to raise the money like you used to. And I was like, nope. And remember, I'm afraid of the internet people. I don't have a voice anymore. She said, okay, Brandy, but the women of Angora talk need you. (sighs) So I said, fine. And I posted a Facebook status that said I needed three cows for these moms in Uganda. And I honestly went to bed that night, pretty sure I'd wake up the next morning with more evidence that just proved all the lies that I had believed about myself. And I went to bed pretty fearful. And the next morning I woke up and five people had said they wanted cows. (laughs) And so I called Anne and I was like, "Uh, so apparently, yes, we do have these three would you like me to ask again? Like if this really does work, maybe it's true. And maybe do you want a second women's cooperative? And she said, yeah, let's just keep on going. And so that was November of 2011. And now we have 38 women's cooperatives and 1,183 single moms and widows that we get to love. So. Wow. Oh my gosh. What an amazing, redemptive, encouraging story. Right? So that's how I accidentally started a nonprofit. And that's why we say uh, it all the time that we're not an organization. We are an act of love gone awry. That we never, it snowballed. We never planned on having 8,000 Ugandans once you count all of our mama's kiddos. But through the process, like we've just seen wild redemption in our mom's lives but also in our lives. Yeah. You know that episode of Friends where Joey tells Phoebe that you can't do a good deed that's not selfish? <laughs> yes. And she gets stung by the bee. I know every episode. Yes. Of yes. <laughs> I know. That's exactly it. 
yeah, we can't do anything good for someone else without blessing ourselves. Right. And that's what one of our core values actually is that we believe in mutually transformative relationships, that we are not the great white savior coming in to save the day on our unicorns, uh, that we are going to be changed and we're going to see redemption just as much as every single one of our mamas. In fact, I know Britta's story about um, finding our mamas is has a lot of redemption for her as well. Yeah, Britta, tell us that story. How did you find um, Beauty for Ashes and what drew you into it? And what, what's your role look like? Yeah, I found Beauty for Ashes. I, it was not by accident. <laughs> I was searching hard. I was almost getting a little bit desperate to just be involved in something like that. Um, I've told Brandy before that I even emailed like World Vision and was like, can you take me on a trip? (laughs) Take me back to Uganda. Um, I had been there five years ago. We adopted our son from Uganda and we spent two months there completing the process. And that was a long enough time to fall in love. I mean, I was in love the first day we got there. In fact, the process started to go kind of fast at first. And I thought we were going to head home after like two weeks. And I remember crying and being like, no, I don't want to go home yet. Um, Every other family was just like, please, let's get this over. Let's get home. And I was like, I need to be here. Like, I love this country. Um, And so then when we did come home with my son, I thought, you know, maybe that was it. Like maybe my love for Uganda was just to get him and come home and now be his mom. Um, And while that's a really important role, it just wasn't enough. Like I needed to be involved. I needed to get back there. Um, And so I saw another adoptive mom on Facebook who had adopted from Uganda. And she had shared Brandy's post actually about how they were looking for essential oil donations for these mamas in Uganda. And so I was like, yes, immediately. I emailed Brandy. I sent essential oils. Um, A little longer later, I saw that same mom post that she had become an advocate for Beauty Fresh's Uganda. Um, And as an advocate, you kind of just commit to one of the women's cooperatives and say, I'm going to take them under my wing and find sponsors for all of these mamas, monthly sponsors. Um, And so I signed up. I was like, I'll be a sponsor. (laughs) And then one more step, she shared later that Beauty Fresh's Uganda needed more advocates. Um, I didn't think twice. Like, I didn't ask my husband. I didn't pray about it. (laughs) I immediately (laughs) messaged her and was like, I will do it. And so then she connected me to Brandy and... It is just all downhill from there. <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically uphill, but <laughs> um, it is. It's what I needed. It's what I was looking for. Uh, it just it fills me right up. And what drew me in and what keeps me coming back is just how much it makes sense. Like there are a ton of organizations out there that get money donated to them but it's not sustainable. And that's what I really love about Beauty for Ashes Uganda. Teaching these mamas, like number one, that they're loved and worth loving, 
but then also teaching them business skills and sustainable ways that they can continue to take care of their family and keep their kids in school uh, long after we're gone. I mean, I hope I'm never gone. <laughs> I hope I'm always in their life. And I think I will be, but I think I love that the whole point is someday they wouldn't technically need us. They wouldn't need sponsors every month because they've been trained and taught how to be successful for themselves. And I love that. Yeah. And I think that's something really important that we're going to touch on in this conversation. So Brandy, can you explain to us kind of how the program works with Anne on the ground because she's a local? Why is that important that we have local people running this versus, you know, you from your internet homeland? Right. <laughs> yeah. We actually have on completely indigenous staff. We have 10 full-time staff members, Ugandans, and then we have 17 literacy coaches. So we have 27 uh, Ugandan staff members. And we believe that's important because, honestly, because they're the smart ones. Here is the deal. Like, we are not Ugandans. We did not grow up there. So there is a different mentality. There are different ways of doing things that are more culturally appropriate. And so we really believe that Ugandan. Uganda's answers are in Uganda. And so we are coming mm -hmm. alongside, but they're the ones changing their communities. And this is where they grew up. So they know things. And I've been working now in Uganda for 11 years. And still, regularly, I come across things that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's how that worked. I didn't know that that was that system. I didn't know that mentality or... Um, cultural belief. And so it is so important for our Ugandans to be the ones who are leading the way in changing their communities. And we simply get to come alongside them. So the way it works for us is that uh, still today, the bedrock of everything we do is our women's cooperatives. So women's cooperatives are 30 moms meeting weekly, encouragement, empowerment, and pooling their resources into what they call their lady bank. And so they'll each bring maybe the equivalent of 15 cents U.S. or 25 cents U.S. Um, it, they're bringing it in UGX shillings, and they're combining it. And then they make their own rules about what it looks like for different moms within that cooperative to take loans so that they can expand their businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's still the bedrock. And so then we offer mentoring to those groups. How do you support each other? How do you encourage each other? How do you work through conflict? How do you work together so that you're not each just working your own land, but you're working in clusters to support one another? Um, because a lot of times through abandonment and through uh, abuse and through what happens when the rebels come through, um, just through multiple crises, uh, we believe that our moms are the victims of complex trauma and they're survivors of complex trauma. And so we need to look at everything we do through that lens and through understanding what complex trauma does to our brains, what it does to our bodies, and what it does to our souls. And one of the things that happens when you survive complex trauma is a lot of times it's very isolating. And so this women's cooperative allows them to safely enter into new relationships and then know how to be safe for one another because so many of them have not had many safe people in their lives. 
Um, so that's still the bedrock. And then we also do a literacy program. So our mamas get to go to literacy plus is what we call it, uh, two to three times a week where they're learning reading, writing, basic math, sanitation, hygiene, nutrition, agriculture, parenting, business skills, anything you can imagine, um, all what they call functional literacy. So you're not weren't learning like how to spell the word cat. And you're like, well, I don't even have a cat. What's the point? But they're learning what they can apply immediately. And this is so powerful and so redemptive because so many of our moms were never allowed to go to school a day in their life simply because they were girls. And so moms have said, my dad looked at me and said, you are not worth educating. And now my dreams of being a schoolgirl are now fulfilled because I get to go. In fact, some of the cooperatives even got together and made themselves uniforms, which is the oh. cutest thing in the entire world. So cute. Right? Oh, my dear. And watching a 65-year-old woman learn to write her name for the first time is nothing short of holy and sacred. When she bends down and with her finger, she writes it in the dirt in front of you and all of us jump to our feet because we're finally realizing what that means. You know, in our culture and in a land where you learn to write your name when you're five, we don't even know what it means not to be able to read and what it means not to be able to read the instructions after you go to the doctor and you're given medicine for your child. And now you don't know how you're supposed to give it or when you're supposed to give it or not to be able to count but to have a completely agrarian society where you are growing things and then you are selling them at the market, but you don't know how many ears of corn, maize, you brought to the market. And you're not really sure how change was made because you held out your hand and somebody put money in it and took money out, which you can imagine means they were getting cheated all the time. And so we always say, like, you don't know what you don't know. And so if you've never been told that the way diseases spread is because your dishes are on the ground and it's the same ground in the same hut that your goat lives in, well, you didn't know that was why your kids were getting sick. And so now you know, and when you know better, you do better. And so our moms are getting to um, love each other through their cooperatives. They're getting to learn and to be empowered through literacy training and like Britta said, our mantra is you are loved and you are worth loving because I can teach you business skills all day long. But if you don't know you're worth standing up for, then when you get cheated in the market, you're not going to say anything. And our moms have been told over and over and over again that they are trash, that they are barely human. And so to go in and to hold each other's faces and we do it with our mamas and they do it with each other and they do it for us and to speak value over one another. And then they're empowered to actually stand up for themselves. And so that's the long-term sustainability. Like that's what's going to get them moving. But we also recognize that long-term sustainability is a long-term solution. And so it may be a while before they can put their kids in school. And so we have a school fees program. And so uh, primary school in Uganda is free, but secondary school, which would be like middle and high school is not free. And so any of our mom's kids can be a part of a grant that we provide 
the moms still pay something because we still want all the credit to go back to the moms, not to us. So we have a thousand kids in our school fees program for secondary and vocational school. And then we have 175 kids in university. And so that's our school fees program. Wow. I know, so fun. Uh, that's our school fees program. And then we do clean water projects. So each of our 38 villages have a deep borehole now so that our mama's babies aren't getting sick and getting diarrhea because they're drinking dirty water. And uh, then the last part of our program is that we have come across kids who have lost both of their parents. And so a lot of times these kids are in what we call child-headed households. And so that means mama has died. Dad a lot of times wasn't a part of the story at all. And then mama has died and left a teenager or very possibly a very young teenager in charge of the family. And no other family has come. And so um, sometimes these kids are left at, you know, 8 and 11. And when we found them, they'd been living on their own for five years. And so we've got 42 kiddos like that that have come to us from all different families, either because we found them and they were child-headed households or because one of our mamas passed away and there wasn't a family that could afford to step up for them. And so the UN would call them double orphans because they've lost both of their parents, but we hate the word orphan and refuse to use it. Um, these kids may have been orphaned, but now they are ours. And I have the absolute honor and unthinkable privilege of them calling me mama. And so I have 42 children now in Uganda. And these 42 kids, we cover them 100%. So we believe that moms should be empowered so that they can do their own, like raise their own kids and live their own lives. But we believe kids should be dependent because they're kids. Mm -hmm. And so we cover them 100%. And so uh, we have sponsors that we call aunties and uncles who come alongside them. Britta has Sweet Emmanuel, Sweet and Spicy Emmanuel that she also sponsors and then we send them to boarding school and we cover all of their clothes, all of their food, all their medical needs. And then they live with a foster family and then we cover all the expenses so that the foster family can love them and support them, but can afford to feed them. And so those are our kiddos too. So that's what we get to do. <laughs> so you're doing a couple things. I just wanted to. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is such important work. So what what are we doing? What am I doing when I'm giving my $28? What is what is that doing? Okay, so it's 23. I mean, 23. Yeah, I oh mean, we can give 28 if you want. That's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, so $23 a month is what we call a mama sponsorship. And so when you give that, the first thing to know is that all of that goes to Uganda. We don't keep any of it here in the U.S. for U.S. administration. My board of directors raises that money separately so that all of your money can go directly to the village that you support. So we think that's super fun. And then the $23, you choose a mom in a certain village. So like Britta is the advocate for a Detta village. And so she sponsors a mom in a Detta. And then everyone else who sponsors a mom in a Detta their money is pooled, just like a cooperative, for the moms of Adetta. And what that covers is this. It covers monthly mentoring for the moms and their cooperative so that they 
are learning how to be a group and how to um, do group savings and group businesses. It covers literacy training two to three times a week for the mom, and it covers school fees for their kids. All for 23 bucks a month. That's a lot of bang for your buck. <laughs> right? I think so. And we actually chose that number because we found that our mamas were living on $23 a month for their entire family. And so we thought, wow. yeah, we were like, oh my gosh, like how, you, how do you support a family? You don't actually on $23 a month. And we were like, well, we can give that. That would be easy. And so then when somebody signs up, they also get added to a private Facebook group for their village so that they get monthly updates, stories, pictures, quotes, everything so they can get connected to all the moms in that village. You can pick your one mom that you want to be your mom, but really all the moms are going to think you're theirs <laughs> and you get to fall in love with your village. And then we travel three times a year. And so anybody who sponsors a mom is eligible if they want to, to come and meet their mama and spend a day in their village. Oh goodness. So, okay. So I want to choose a village. How do, how do I choose? How do I know which one's right for me? Okay. So I actually just pulled up while we were talking our little list of villages because I, right now we still need 79 more people to sponsor moms and then we would be fully funded. And so what you would do is you would say like, okay, I want to, I want to join a village. And I'd say, great. Do you think it's just you? Or do you think you're going to want to be an advocate? Do you think you're the kind of person who's going to want to tell everybody, you know, <laughs> that they should also join a village because that's, what's really fun. Cause then all our friends get together and we're all sponsoring in the same village and it just creates a whole other level of community. And if you said, yes, I totally want to do that, I'd say, how about how many? Like, let me tell you about a couple of our villages because each village is totally different. And while I don't know all 1,183 moms, I know a little bit about each village and I probably know at least one mama well from that village. And so I might say something like, oh, I... Chile is this precious village. Chile is actually another one of Britta's favorites. All of the moms are Britta's moms, I think, actually. Would you say that? <laughs> I do love them all. <laughs> like first it was Adetta and then it was Amoru and Angopet and now they're fully funded and you just kind of move on to the next one, don't you? Yeah, might as well. I want to know and love them all. Mm -hmm. And so I might say something like, okay, Chile is a village, and one of my favorite things about Chile is uh, Nakisi Grace is this precious grandma, and I met her when I was speaking at a conference on trauma, and she came up later, and she told me her story about how she'd been gang raped by 19 LRA soldiers and how she'd never been able to speak about it until that day, but now she knew healing was possible, and because of a lot of the things that Nikisi had been through, she had contracted HIV. And now she goes around the country speaking against the stigma. And she is just this strong and powerful and amazing grandma. And two of her daughters are also in Chile Village. Doreen and Christine are both there. And I remember Christine really well because her daughter, Frida, 
we were, I was in the middle of a village one day and they were trying to teach me how to drum something and sing this song in a Tesso. And I was really doing a horrible job. And finally, Frida, who's seven years old, dressed in this adorable little white frilly dress, she leans over this big drum in this crowd of kids and she looks at me and she goes, you just look at me. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, I like your, like, she's a strong and powerful woman. I found out, of course, she's Grace's granddaughter. And she did, I would like to say, I did learn that song and now can sing it. You're welcome. I won't sing it for you. Also, you're welcome for that. Um, <laughs> and so I would suggest, I would say, Chalet Village still needs six sponsors. So do you think that's a village you would like? And if you're like, yeah, but give me another suggestion. I might say, okay, Takara Mame is a village that needs 11 sponsors. And the thing that I think um, sticks out for me about Takara Mame is that I've never met a group of moms that had more children. And it's not because they're super fertile. It's because they are taking in um, kids who've been orphaned. I went met one mom who has 19 kids in her house. And it's because wow. they keep saying yes to beauty and to redemption. But they are a group that they are sassy and they are spicy and they have been through grief. The first thing I heard about the Takara Mame group that was like a positive, like we're changing, is that they gathered finances and they pooled their resources so that they could buy cloth for each mom for when she wept. And it, I, yeah, right? Like, who needs to do that, right? Never never when I get together with my girlfriends and am I like, you know what we really need to invest in? Tissues. Because that's how hard life is. No, we're going out for margaritas. Like, and so it really just struck me, these women, how they had gathered in grief. And, and so that's how you pick a village. You just get to hear a couple things and then whichever one kind of strikes your fancy or I would send you a list and say, here are two or three different ones to choose from. And, and then you choose. Perfect. Okay, so I already know that my listeners and I are going to want to get in on this. And so people who are listening are very creative and I know they're going to want to share, you know, their passion and their skills and ideas or creativity. So if you can think of a good village for us that that would be a good partnership for, you let us know. Okay, man, do you have any that strike that hit you right away, Britta? No, I don't. I mean, um Was there a village that that made themselves matching dresses or am I think of something else? Well, Takara Mame, actually, they're the ones that somebody brought them fabric as their gift yes. when they came to visit. And then three days later, literally three days later, like we saw them on Tuesday, gave them fabric, saw them again on Friday, and they all had matching dresses with that fabric. <laughs> and that is what I'm thinking of. Yes. That would be perfect. That's just so adorable that they did that and that they loved that fabric so much. Yeah, they are. And it's just a fun name to say. Like if you're creative and you like I think I always think of creative people as really fun people, um, but Takara Mame, and they always say it with like, like I, uh, they always like correct me and say it more um, strongly. Takara Mame. I'm like, oh yes, okay, then <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> All right, 
So do you know how many sponsors you still need for that village? 11 as of today. 11. All right. Well, we we will get get that one covered. I for love it. Sure. And then you're just going to have to come and hang out in Tucker and Oh, I love it. All right. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. Um, okay, perfect. So, Britta, this is how I found Beauty for Ashes was through Britta sharing about this on her Instagram. And, Britta, you're so much fun to follow on Instagram. You always have these beautiful photos, and you're always pointing to these really creative and beautiful businesses that are all fair trade and are supporting women and programs like this. Why? Why is this important to you? Oh, I love it. I think the concept of fair trade makes a lot of sense. I think the idea of empowering women around the world like just makes sense. We we know that they're hard workers. We know that they just kind of lack opportunity and to be a part of organizations or companies that are providing them with opportunities, it just it fills me right up. Um I think it's I'm reading a book right now by the founder of Mercy House Global, and she talks about being in the slums of Kenya and feeling a little bit hopeless and mad at God and says, God, how could you allow this? And she writes how she sees God pointing back at her and he says, how could you allow this? And that just hits me. I feel like that is the reason why I care so much about companies that support people, Mm -hmm. fair trade companies that are giving people hope and life and opportunity. Like that is just a small thing that we can do to be like, we want a better world. (laughs) We will not allow for this kind of stuff to go on, for women to continue to be oppressed and not have opportunity and not feel worthy and not feel loved. Um, So that's why I love pointing towards fair trade, towards uh, companies that make their products ethically, towards organizations like Beauty Fresh's Uganda. It's just, it's what I can do for my part. Like once you know something, you can't unknow it. I, you know, you hear of suffering and problems and you can't unhear that. And I want to be a part of just making things better when I can. Mm. Do people know about your commitment this year, Britta? Because I feel like that was a huge deal. Yeah, it's it's kind of what's driving my Instagram. Um, I like to share pictures of our family travels and stuff, but I really wanted another platform to share about Beauty Fresh's Uganda and about uh, fair trade this year. And now that I've started, I'm like, Britta, you know, this is not just going to be a year long thing. Like, how could I ever go back? But um, I made a commitment to only buying fair trade and ethically made clothing and accessories this year. Um, So I'm having a lot of fun finding companies that are good. And I actually thought it was going to be pretty hard when I committed to doing that. Um, But now that I've opened myself up to this world, I realize like a lot of people are aware and a lot of people are doing this and a lot of companies do care. Um, I mean, there is a ton that don't care. (laughs) And those are the ones I want to stay away from. Uh, Modern day slavery is huge when it comes to the fashion industry. Uh, But finding companies that are good and actually finding a lot of them, I am excited 
and it's it's actually been a lot of fun. It's really hard to go into Target and not buy things, <laughs> but um, yeah, just finding good people, it, it feels great. When I go into my little Instagram world and I see all these people posting about ethical companies, I, I feel a lot of hope. So I really like my commitment as of right now. <laughs> I just think it's huge because who... Who does that? Like, right? Who decides they're not going to go to Target this year and actually just buy whatever they want? But also, I think we talk a lot about the kind of world we want to be in. And whether you're looking on Instagram or Facebook or hearing people speak, like there's a lot of chatter about making a better world. And way too often, it stops in inspirational memes. And it doesn't actually reach the level of life change and commitment. And Britta, I just think you're so amazing because you are putting your money where your mouth is and you are saying like, no, if I want a better world, then I have to create it, right? Like that is the thing about being a creator and being a creative is that you get to be a part of making a better world. And you're doing that with so much commitment, Britta, that's hard, but also with joy. And I think so often people think like, oh, if I, if I get my head out of the sand and I learn about global poverty and human trafficking and trauma and slavery and abuse and domestic violence and homelessness, and that it's just going to suck the joy out of me. I, ha- I hear a lot of people say like, I couldn't do what you do. And I'm like, well, See, the deal is that Brene Brown, If have you ever heard of Brene Brown? Mm-hmm. Huh, like everybody should. My goal in life. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. My goal in life is to be what the love child of Brene Brown and Jimmy Fallon would be like. <gasps> oh my God. Right? Like super deep and super fun. And she teaches us as a shame researcher and you know, if this is the first time you've heard her name, somebody go out and buy everything she's ever written. Um, But she teaches us that you can't selectively numb. And so if we Mm. numb to the hard things in the world, we're numbing to joy. And so the, the, the reverse or the, the, the thing that follows that is if we don't numb to the hard, we also can be alive to the joy. And so Britta and I both have tattoos of ampersands, the and symbol. And uh, we have a couple of girlfriends that joined us in that. And we all have these tattoos. And it's to remind us that you get to be alive to both. You get to be alive to deep pain in this world and to utter joy. And that really to be truly alive and to be creating a better world we have to be alive to both. I, yes, I want that joy for everyone listening so bad. And I, and that's why I'm loving doing these interviews is because you guys are bringing these big, giant, faraway issues into our living room and saying it is this simple to have an impact. Um, you know, the church we went to had this, um, like their slogan was, you know, do for one what you wish you could do for mm-hmm. all. You know, you can't fix everything for everyone everywhere. Um, but you can impact one mama. You know, you can help them. Um, and so I love that you guys are giving this opportunity for us to 
experience the both and. Um, and gosh, I just appreciate the work you're doing so much. And Britta, that commitment is incredible. It, it, it is exactly right. We have so much more power being in the 1% who has money to shop and buy things. And that's, and we can have a lot of power in that. Um, Britta, will you send us a list for the show notes of some of your favorite fair trade places to shop? Yes, I would love to. That's the nice thing. I'm yeah, we would learn that. <laughs> I'm gathering up my list as I go. So that's what's made it fun. So I would love to share that. Well, and the nice thing is Britta's doing the work for us. So then we, we don't have to right? make our list and, and dive into the, the whole of the internet to try to find things that Britta has whole lists. And, and a lot of the people she's partnering with are my friends, which is super fun. Fellow nonprofit leaders around the world who are doing hard and holy work and empowering women at the same time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I just can't stop coming coming back to how important that is. So Britta, how are you using your creativity and how are these women who are creating these things using their creativity to bring about more good in the world? Oh, I don't even know if I consider myself a super creative person, but other people's creativity really inspires me. Um, you know, I'm trying to be creative with how I post about these fair trade companies I'm finding. Um, but I love their creativity. I love getting a new piece of jewelry that is fun and bright and handmade from a woman in India. And I just love to wear that around. It's, it's way more than just look at my cute necklace. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of my creativity comes out in just wanting to look cute. As materialistic as that sounds, I find that so fun. And I love to have pieces help me do that. That means something. I love to carry it around with me, have it on me, and think of the woman who was creative enough to make it and how it has given her hope and life and opportunity. I'm going to give you my same speech. I give everyone that you are the perfect example of living a creative lifestyle. I mean, the fact that you are thinking about what you're wearing and that's a form of creativity. The fact that you are looking for creative ways to get people on board um, with creating more good in the world is creativity. And so I think you are living a really, really creative life. And just because you're not making oil paintings of fruit does not mean you are not an artist and a creative person. <laughs> yes. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're, we're jumping back and forth a little bit, but I love this conversation so much. Um, Britta, you have been on a Beauty for Ashes trip. Can you tell us a little bit about what your experience was, what that looked like for you? Yes, it's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I have been on four Beauty Frashes Uganda trips. Wow. Um, I know, I'm so lucky. So what I really like, if, if you go on one trip, it's amazing. It will change your life. But from my perspective, I love having been four different times and seeing the difference in these mamas. Um, my first trip we went to go visit the first village that I kind of mainly advocate for, which is a Deta village. Um, and they're very remote. 
they're pretty far out. It takes us a long time to get there. Um, and so they're sometimes a little behind the other mamas as far as their business trainings and stuff like that. Um, but we had asked them, oh, do you have a well? And they said yes. And we kind of all were like, oh, we didn't think that they had a well. Um, so we're like, oh, can you show us? So we start walking. And before we get to where we're going, we can just smell a swamp. And we turn the corner and they point at it and say, this is our well. Um, and that was just a wake up call. We knew that they needed clean water, but seeing how dirty it was, putting your hand in even a couple inches down and you couldn't even see your hand. Uh, there were cows that were walking through it. It just was, it was unacceptable. And so we had posted pictures and videos of that. Money was raised for a new well, uh, which leads to the second trip that I got to take to Uganda when I got to have uh, a well opening ceremony slash party with my village. And that was so, so fun. They know how to party. They have water fights. It is just, it's amazing. Um, and so each trip seems to just get better and better. This last one uh, in January seemed to be the most hopeful trip of all that I had been on. Um, a lot of times we'll visit the village and they will talk about their struggles, their problems. Um, and this time they were just, they were fired up. These mamas did not want to stop talking about the businesses they had started, how they were succeeding, how it has changed their life. Um, and I even asked a couple of the mamas, I said, what are you currently struggling with? Just to kind of get an idea of like, what can I bring back to Brandy and the staff of Beauty Frashes and say like, this is something we could work on with this village. Um, and these sweet mamas, <laughs> they just said, oh, nothing. We're doing great. Like they didn't have any complaints. And after they said like, we're not really struggling with anything, they would say, well, I can't really see <laughs> or I can't read. <laughs> And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> these are struggles. But I just think it's it's so fun to see how their like whole mentality and attitude has changed. Like even though some of them were still struggling to learn how to write their name, they were like, we're doing great. Like one woman was just so old and could not see. <laughs> she like wasn't even going to bring that up as a complaint. Um I think it sounds like can, such a woman. Like, yeah, sounds like such like, a mom. Oh, I'm fine. It's fun. I can't see. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun to know that they they weren't always like that. Like, we sit in circles and just talk and talk, and a lot of times it's been filled with sadness and just straight up weeping because of the stories they want to share. Um, and this last trip was such a redeeming trip because they just talked on and on about how their eyes have been opened. They said, I never thought someone like me could have a business like this. Mm. One mama talked about how now I know that I don't have to go try to find men just so that I can buy soap for myself. Mm. So those are the kind of stories that like we used to hear. And now being able to sit down with them four trips later, hearing how, no, that's how I used to be. 
now look at how great I'm doing. Um, so now I'm going to cry. I do that a lot <laughs> talking about my mamas, but that is, that's my experience from getting to go to Uganda multiple times is just seeing the growth and seeing that like what they're doing is working, like they're learning and growing. And this is like, this is what it's about. Oh man, you guys, this is like so much good like information and these stories are just incredible. I feel like I have so many more things that people are going to want to know um, about this project and this experience and how they can be a part of it. And like I said, we're going to take on a village, the How She Creates community is. Um, and I hope, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to like keep me from coming <laughs> on a trip. And I hope that other people are going to join <laughs> us so that we can see this like firsthand for ourselves. Um, because I do, I think this all comes down to like we were talking about, you know, living that creative lifestyle of, you know, finding something we're passionate about and going all in for it and getting creative and figuring out how to make it work. Um, so I'm going to end the interview because we're going so long, but I just, like I said, I want to ask you guys so much. Um, I asked you my two standard questions that I ask all of my guests. Um, will you tell me what living a creative lifestyle looks like for each of you? You want me to go first? I will. Go ahead. You go, Verna. <laughs> um, right now, it looks like I'm trying to create a blog to kind of serve as a guide for my new commitment to fair trade. Um, and that's, that is using creativity. I, <laughs> a, a lot of times I feel lost. I'm like, where do I go from here? What do I want it to look like? But I'm also having fun doing that. Um, and like I said, just trying to find fun, creative ways to promote the companies that I'm finding and the fair trade organizations. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun being creative with my Instagram platform and starting to create a blog. We'll see where that goes. Oh, that's exciting. We'll have links to that in the show notes. So hopefully it'll be up by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. It'll be amazing if Britta's doing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope. It will be. <laughs> I would say that like Britta, I for a long time didn't consider myself a creative because art and music and those kinds of things are so out of my wheelhouse. And yet I really feel like, I actually, I kind of feel like part of this interview is actually awakening it in me and the things that you have said about living a creative lifestyle and that I might not be an artist, but it is my deepest passion to create the world I want to live in. And so for me, that looks like brainstorming, like how can we love our mamas better? So like this summer when we go on a trip, we're going to talk about beauty and how they can see that in themselves. And we're going to give them pedicures and wash their feet and serve them. And so we get to teach servant leadership while also showing them the value and then also helping them connect their body and their soul, which have so often been disconnected after trauma. And so finding creative ways to extravagantly love the world around me. Like I don't want to be a person who just loves people. I want to be somebody who extravagantly loves. And whether that is a mama in Uganda or the birthday party we're throwing for our kids in Uganda that will for sure include pop rocks because 
that's amazing, um, especially with little Ugandan kids, or whether that is how do I create margin in my life so that in the midst of chaos, when a friend calls crying, I drop everything to make sure that she knows that she is seen and that she is loved and that she is worth loving. And how do I create a life and that I'm living that to be true about myself? Because I'm a hypocrite if I tell other people that they are loved and worth loving and I'm not diving into the depths of my own soul to uncover new places that might need healing so that I can live fully in my belovedness and that then I can spill that out in creative ways on the people around me. I totally agree that our lives are the greatest act of creativity that we have on this earth. And however we choose to spend that um, will be, you know, the masterpiece that we create and the piece of artwork that we create with our lives. And so the fact that you just said that creativity for you is extravagant love. Oh, man. I'm not going to get over that for a long time. I don't think I am either. Thank you. I feel like I have learned like something I'm going to dive into just because of the words you have spoken over us today. Oh, gosh. I just, oh, man, I can't even like take that compliment because you guys are doing so many amazing, amazing things. I'm just so grateful to be like a tiny part of it and to get to hear more about it and learn and share. Um, with, with my audience and my friends and my people. Um, so my last question, you guys, is what is your favorite resource for creativity? I'm curious what you guys are going to say. I know. I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, my favorite resource. You know, I find a lot of, like I said, I, I'm inspired by other people's creativity. Um, so I find a lot of inspiration and making me feel like I want to do something a little more creative. Um, I know I'm going to say it again, but just with the fair trade, with the handmade stuff that these people make around the world, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's so fun to have, to buy, to look at. Um, it's That's been my resource lately for creativity is just finding those companies. And honestly, I probably spend way too much time browsing them. Like the other day I was like, I want a new rug for my living room. <laughs> and so I know that I only committed to fair trade fashion and not home decor, but I was like, you might as well see like what's out there for like a fair trade rug. Oh, I went in a rabbit hole. Like I was looking at so many and all of a sudden I'm inspired to like redecorate my whole living room with all these stuff, all this stuff made from artisans around the world. It's just been really fun for me. Even if I'm just browsing, I did not purchase a rug, but it was still just fun to look. I think that uh, your, the podcast listeners might really love Fair Trade Friday, which Britta is now an ambassador for. And it's through Mercy House Global, which my friend Kristen Welch started, and they are just doing amazing work around the world. But you can actually sign up for a Fair Trade subscription box. And then every month you get new things that you're inspired by and you get other people's creativity, artisans that are women who are just, just trying to support their family. A lot of them are women in Kenya who were pregnant teens 
And they found hope and they found a job and they are now supporting their families. Women who are not having to do what we call survival prostitution, where they're having to sell themselves just to feed their babies. But now they have a dignified job. And if you sign up for Fair Trade Friday, I'm sure Britta can give you like her link even to sign up. And you can get that kind of thing delivered to your house once a month and be inspired by all of those products. Yeah, it's a super yeah. Those fun boxes thing. are beautiful. <laughs> and Lauren, you would love it. I think they were just in Kenya and they did a whole art camp for all the um, women that they have in their maternity home. Yeah, and I would oh, say that's my inspiration. Like where I go for inspiration is other people's lives, and so um, I said that I do Beauty Fresh is worldwide is what our organiz our five hundred one c three our nonprofit is called, and the other project that we do besides Beauty Fresh is Uganda and a brand new Beauty Fresh is Belize, which we're super excited about. Uh, but the other thing we do is what we call soul care. And so we do retreats for nonprofit leaders to pour into them like they're pouring into people around the world. And so I get to take eight women who are fighting human trafficking, global poverty, and domestic issues. And I get to take them away for a few days and get to pour into them. And people who are, especially people who are creatives and who are makers, will send me eight of whatever they make or sell or want to go buy at Target or at a good fair trade place. Um, And then they send me those and I create, we bring them baskets down every night, these eight women who are at the retreat. And every night we say that we are raising a chorus to sing over them, that they are needed and that their work is seen and that we love them. And and then I get to steward this sisterhood of now, after next week, we have a new retreat um, starting a week from today with eight women coming in from China and El Salvador and all around the world. And then we'll have had 80 women come through these retreats that are leading nonprofits. And they are just doing the most creative things and finding these unique ways to make a difference in some of the darkest places on the planet. And I am so inspired by other people and how they use their lives and how they find their people and serve them well. And it inspires me to want to love other people really well. And we are so inspired by you guys. Um, I love that you are giving so many small, tangible examples of how our creativity can fuel this change and goodness in the world and the fact that these little handmade gifts make Mm -hmm. a big, big difference to people. Um, And yeah, and they're just tangible ways that we can also help. You guys are just a wealth of information. Um, If people want to follow you online, what's the best way for them to find you? I'm at if uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm Brandy Lee, B-R-A-N-D-I-L-E-A. And you can follow me. I don't have a very pretty feed, so I don't promise that. But <laughs> maybe you'll like my stories. Um, and then Beauty for Ashes Uganda on Facebook and Instagram. And our website is beautyforashesuganda.org. Or you can go to beautyforashesworldwide.org, especially if you're interested in soul care or making presents for those girls. 
Um, you can find us at all of those places. And really, if somebody just wants to dive into something and they want to brainstorm, my favorite thing is just to help people find their passion. And so even if it's not Uganda, I have friends who are working all around the world. And so if somebody wants to email me or reach out, my email address is brandy at beautyforashesworldwide.org. And I'll help you connect with somebody doing something. It doesn't have to just be sponsoring a mama. If your thing is uh, transgendered people being sold for sex in Thailand, I'll connect you with my friend Celeste or people in Northern Pakistan who need to be empowered. Then I'll connect you with Shining Light International or wherever it is. I'd love to connect people to um, something around the world. That's amazing. Yeah, and I'm on um, Instagram as Britta Jean. It's B-R-I-T-A-H, like the water filter, but with an H. And that is where I am posting most of my fair trade, beauty fresh's stuff like that. Um, I'm also on Facebook just as Britta Newman. Newman is N-E-U-M-A-N. I have some odd spellings for my name. <laughs> but that is where... I am usually sharing all my stuff and hopefully soon a blog that I can share with you guys. Perfect. Yes, we're very excited about that. Um, and we will have links to everything we talked about and links to these ladies where you can contact and get in touch with them and find other ways that you can help serve all on uh, my site at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. All the information will be there. And I will, of course, email it out at lauren-likes.com slash newsletter. You can sign up for that to get weekly reminders about the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Ladies, thank you so incredibly much for your time and your wisdom and for sharing with us and for all of the beautiful work that you are doing in the world. I appreciate you so, thank so you. much. Thank you. We can't wait for you to come to thank Uganda you. with us. It's going to be I know. We can just pick you yeah. up on the way. Swing through right? Dubai. <laughs> All right. Well, I, yes, I'm so excited. So you guys are going to hear me talking about this a lot on Instagram coming up. Um, so get excited and get ready to help be a part of this program. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week for another episode of how she creates. Thank you so much for listening to how she creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes blog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.